When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Move over, Megan the Stallion. Adam the Stallion is the new cowboy in town, riding in on himself. Hi, I'm Rachel Hampton. And I'm Madison Malone-Kircher. You're listening to ICYMI. In case you missed it. Slate's podcast about internet culture. And this is our first apology video. This is the Notes app. This is us staring straight at the camera. We're listening. We're learning. We're growing. What we've learned is that you hate the sound of us drinking water. And honestly, I would like to say I did not <laughs> suggest... Not throw me under the bus this I'm early sorry. In the I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I simply must. I did not suggest this stunt. Madison, what would you like to say to our listeners? I'm sorry. I will be better. I will do better. This is all a lie, because as with all YouTuber apologies, we'll be back at it with some new bullshit in three to six months. <laughs> the bullshit will not be drinking water on camera. This is not an ASMR podcast. But what it is is a reality television podcast because I me. have news for all of you. And it is that Chriselle... From Selling Sunset, Netflix's best reality television show, besides, of course, Love is Blind, is now dating Jason Oppenheim of the Oppenheim Group. Madison, how do you feel? Is that one of the Property Brothers? Fuck you for saying that. (laughs) I'm filing a labor grievance. (laughs) For the uninformed, Madison, Selling Sunset is a show about selling Los Angeles real estate, Sunset Boulevard. It's fairly self-explanatory. And yet, you're explaining it to me. And yet, I am. And Selling Sunset follows the Oppenheim group, which is run by Jason and Brett Oppenheim, two very short twins who are bald. The property, bro, they have hair. Fuck. That doesn't hold up. No, it doesn't. There's there's three of them. For some reason, our producer, Daniel Schrader, thinks that they're hot. I would like to say on mic that that is not true. We'll see if that gets cut out. (laughs) One of the primary drivers of action on the show is Chriselle, who was married to This Is Us star, Justin Hartley, who left her in a very callous way. This was the primary driver of season three drama. Guys, 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 guys. What is it? I just got a Google alert from TMZ. About what? Justin Hartley files for divorce? No. What? No fucking way. Guys, it's all over the internet right now. No way. No way. Sorry, did you say something? This is a big deal because this week, Chriselle revealed in the same way that Jennifer Lopez revealed that she is dating Ben Affleck, that Chriselle herself is dating Jason Oppenheim of the Oppenheim group. If you're not freaking out, I don't know what to do about it. It's truly incredible. It's 100% a PR stunt. Fabulous work on everyone's part. I've never been so proud of someone using an Instagram carousel. Sorry, I'm awake. You know what? Just because you can't appreciate American culture or real estate does not mean that no one else can. (laughs) 
<laughs> for uh, those of you who are like me and perhaps are not um, sold on Sunset, we do have some other fun things in store for you on the show today. Uh, first up, we've got a great conversation with one of our listeners who like us, fell deep, possibly deeper than us, into the rabbit hole that is the BYU Virginity Club Instagram account. She's an ex-Mormon who's going to walk us through all the reasons why us never mows, she'll explain, uh, might have missed a few clues as to why the account is bogus. After that, we're back with some high-speed downloads. The rapper DaBaby is being da-stupid and da-homophobic. <laughs> and he simply won't back down. And then... Adam Driver is a horse? Can we break that all down in 60 seconds? Stay tuned to find out. So a few days after our BYU Virginity Club episode, we got an email from a listener with the subject line, Further BYU Virgin Speculation, which I was intrigued. Oh, that was an immediate open. <laughs> uh, so naturally, we had to call up the listener. Her name is Danny, and uh, just hear all of her her further speculations. So I was raised Mormon. I am no longer a Mormon. So I haven't been for like, probably like six years, I think. Um, But I grew up like, probably to my early 20s, I was Mormon. Yeah. When did BYU version the account kind of come across your radar for the first time? Probably a few weeks ago. And it was just like, I think it was the poop hole loophole thing, which I initially uh, noticed mostly because like there are things that people say about Mormons and how they try to get around like sex stuff. In your email to us, you you walked through a couple of key reasons you are convinced that the BYU virginity account is not in fact run by a Mormon. The first of which is that the account only quotes and mentions the Bible. Yeah. So, like, Mormons believe in the Bible. I keep saying Mormons because I grew up saying Mormons and they flip back and forth about that kind of thing. But yeah, Mormons believe in the Bible, but they also have, like, the Book of Mormon, which is, like, the new thing that Joseph Smith found and translated. And then they also have a living prophet to, like give prophecy and, like, give us guidance for our day. And they also have, like, not only the Book of Mormon, but there's also, like, the Doctrine and Covenants, which, like, is the... Joseph Smith wrote it when he's, like, writing new doctrine. Uh, So they have, like, all of these other books. And basically, there's, like, so much to pull from that someone who is Mormon or grew up Mormon wouldn't really like, just use the Bible. And, like, if I was going to look up quotes to do, I would, like, go to the LDS website and look at the gospel principles manual where they would give me scriptures from each of the different scriptures and also stuff from, you know, prophets and also things from the For Strength of Youth pamphlet, which was just, like, a list of rules they gave to teens to, you know, keep them on the straight and narrow. So, like, that definitely talks about chastity and, like, how to keep yourself pure, I guess. So, like, Mormon culture is so insular that, like, they love, they love, like, callbacks. Like, they love talking about stuff that, like, only concerns them. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's your email definitely echoed a lot of feedback we heard from from former Mormons and people who were raised in the church about red flags. Another one you pointed out and that other people have pointed out is the, the way the account talks about alcohol. 
Yeah. Another whole thing about it is they're like, there's so much stigma around it. And the reason you go to BYU, even if they're speaking to people outside of BYU, is like that insular quality where you just feel the same as everyone else. You know, I grew up in Texas. I did end up going to BYU for a little while. Um, but the whole thing about that is like you go to BYU and there's no drinking anywhere. It's, it's just like not a thing. Like the alcohol, since I moved away from Utah, the alcohol percentage in beer might be the same as everywhere else now. But when I was there, it was like half as much as everywhere else, <laughs> like the beer that you would buy. And then the only place you can get liquor is in the state liquor store. It's just like not a thing. Like you, yeah, it says, I think there's one that says like lay off the booze. And it's just like, no one is drinking there. The like BYU kids pride themselves on like being able to have fun without alcohol, which just like turns into like weird scavenger hunts and stuff. But oh. like, it's like, you know, yeah, I mean, exactly <laughs> what you're doesn't thinking. sound so yeah. bad. No, no, like, the thing, they're cute and fun. Like, I don't, you know, <laughs> I grew up Mormon. There are plenty of them that I love, but they do have this weird thing about, like, just, like, they can do it without it. And So something you mentioned in your email, which is another bit of feedback we got, is the way that the account uses the term born-again virgin and how that just was um, one of the immediate red flags. Could you talk a little bit more about why that hit you? Yeah, so, I mean... Latter-day Saints just don't say born again. Like, it's just, it's just not, like, not not a concept for mm. them. Yeah, it, I mean, like, it is a concept. They know about it, and they think of, like, born-again Christians as, like, a different kind of Christian. And, like, there is, like, you don't want to say it, but there is a little animosity because, like, born-again Christians are like, oh— Mormons aren't Christian and Mormons all the time have to say, no, we are Christian. We believe in Jesus. Like we're Christians. And then, so like, it's just not a term that's in the lexicon. Is that the mm -hmm. word? Yeah. yeah it's totally. just like not a term that's in that lexicon to be a born again virgin. And also I feel like that a lot of religions have these like speakers that come and say this, my life was so bad. I was a drug addict. I was this, I was like in sex work. I was like doing pornography. And then I found Jesus and like, I've been born again and I'm a new person. Like Latter-day Saints don't like to talk about their past escapades in that way. Mm. Like it's just something where once you come and you've like prayed and you've taken on the atonement and all your sins have been washed away, then like Jesus took care of the atonement. So like there's no reason for you to think about those past sins except for for you secretly to think about them so you won't do them again. But like there isn't this... There isn't that same kind of like talking about past exploits. Like I kind of even think that if you like had had sex before and then had repented of it with like your leader or whatever, if your like future spouse uh, asked you about it or maybe like some people would tell them, but some people might even be like, well, I was forgiven for that. So I don't really have to talk about it. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. just like this concept is just not something that people really talk about like that if that mm -hmm. makes sense having attended BYU then because a thing that struck me funny when we talked to BYU virginity club was him saying I'm not out to my friends as a virgin like I'm I'm embarrassed to tell them also I haven't come out to some of my friends as a virgin yet so uh kind of holding off on that that's not a oh, yeah. thing right 
No, that's not a thing at all. That was so wild. I, yeah, also that I'm like, this is, yeah, that, that's not a thing at all. Like, basically, the default, because you have to follow the honor code, and you specifically do have to get a religious endorsement, like, every semester, which is you going to, like, you go to your bishop and you he asks you all these questions where you're like, have you been good? Have you been following the law of chastity? Have you been doing this? Have you been doing that? Oh um, and you answer yes. And you have to get that endorsement to stay at BYU. So basically the default is that everyone is following those rules. So when you're like at BYU in class, there's no reason to come out as anything because like you're married or you're a know- virgin. <laughs> Yeah, you're married or you're a virgin. Or, like, if you're not a virgin, then you have, like, you know, repented or whatever and been able to come to you. Or you're, like, lying and feel bad about it. You know, not that I would know anything about that, but... (laughs) (laughs) Like... (laughs) Yes, Danny, yes. Um, You know, yeah, it's just, like, it's totally not a thing. It's not a thing. This is simply incredible. I... The specific way you talk about the kind of, like, lexicon of... And the way that this guy is just completely not engaging in it at all is so fascinating just because, I mean, I was raised somewhat evangelical, and I think that's what a lot of the people who follow this account are probably coming from is, like, the kind of, like, latent Christianity that just flows through America. And you're like, oh, born again. I recognize these kind of church terms. And then it's, like, anyone who's actually within that community is, like, hold the fuck up. Yeah. Something's fishy here. That would be hold the fudge up, Rachel. Sorry. That's true. That's Sorry. true. I must repent. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I know. You're see, this is the expertise we needed. We really uh we thought we were gonna catch him when we were like, where is BYU? Salt Lake City? <laughs> no, knowing full well it's in Provo, but uh Yeah, yeah, yeah. BYU Virginity Club sailed right past that one. Yeah. Well, you know, if you need a Mormonism expert literally talking to like uh, never mows is something people say about people who are never Mormon. It's really dumb. I'm sorry, you guys. But like, <laughs> never mows. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's like Exmo is ex Mormon. Right. Anyway, it's, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, you know, my favorite thing is like explaining weird intricacies of Mormonism to people who do, you know, who are never mows. So, if you ever need anything, it's my All favorite right. thing to do. We are out thank and you proud so never much. Mows. Yeah, I was like, thank you so yeah. much for <laughs> enlightening us. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on the show, Danny, and for, for reaching out with your, your Exmo expertise. <laughs> You're very welcome. I'd be happy to help anytime in the future. <laughs> we will probably call on you again. I learned so much in that conversation. I honestly kind of want another Mormon scandal just so we can have Danny back on the show. I've been a Nevermo my whole life and never knew there was a term for it. <laughs> After the break, we'll be back with some high-speed downloads. We should be extra speedy this week because, as you know, we are well hydrated. Please know it's taking all of my self-control not to make a slurping noise right now. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. 
Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Convert your current recessed lighting with energy-saving LED downlights from Fight Electric. They're bright and install easily in just minutes. They also go from regular lighting to nightlight mode with just a simple flip of a switch. Save big on all Fight lighting products now at Menards. Shop our lighting options today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. In 2007, TV network CBS dropped 40 kids in the middle of the New Mexico desert as part of a brand new reality show. These kids would have to build their own society from scratch. And if this sounds like Lord of the Flies to you, well, it was meant to. We were on this mission together, and we were going to prove to the world that we could make a better society than adults could. I'm Josh Gwynn, and I want to know what this wild TV experiment was really about. Split Screen, Kid Nation, a six-part podcast from CBC. Available now. We are back with some high-speed downloads. In case you're new to the show, or maybe you just need a refresher, High Speed Download is a game Rachel and I play where we get 60 seconds to explain a piece of internet ephemera to each other and to you. Could be a meme, a controversy, a YouTube apology video. Warning, if you don't like listening to people talk really, really fast, perhaps set your podcast playback speed to 0.8x speed. Don't do 0.5x speed. We will sound drunk. Unless you want to hear us sound drunk, in which case... Perhaps do 0.25x speed and see what that sounds like. I see why am I after dark. (laughs) That's a Slate Plus only thing. (laughs) Subscribe to Slate Plus. (laughs) So, Rachel, what are you tackling first? I am tackling the recent controversy embroiling none other than the rapper DaBaby. I'm exhausted already. (laughs) Okay. You warmed up? You limber? I'm limber. I'm sprightly. All righty. Rachel, you have 60 seconds on the clock. Oh, God. Your mark. Get set. Go. Okay, the baby rapper who's perhaps best known for his uh, remix of the Dua Lipa tape, Levitating, um, was performing at the Super Threader event Rolling Loud Music Festival in Miami this weekend, which is bad enough, but it gets worse. He does a completely unprompted rant that is extremely homophobic and misogynistic. He asks his fans to shine their cell phone lights if they, quote, didn't show up today with HIV, AIDS, or any of them deadly sexually transmitted diseases that'll make you die. He also said, fellas, if you ain't suck somebody's dick in the parking lot, put your cell phone light up. He also said, if your pussy smell like water, put your cell phone light up. Sir, why are you thinking about people sucking dicks what's going on here perhaps you should think more he was immediately dragged for spreading hiv misinformation which by the way not that sentence completely manageable antiretrovirals undetectable and transmissible you know what kills people hiv stigma dua lipa is like you know what this is the person i recorded with i stand with my lgbt fans elton john gets in on this with a lovely thread about hiv misinformation as to jonathan van 10 Ness. seconds the concert's on sunday the babies dragged to high heavens he then apologized with the crazy instagram live where he says the media twists his words and he's like you know what my gay fans don't got fucking aids they don't got aids and i was like sir that's not the apology you think it is that was a lot it was i feel like there's more to the story yet to come <sighs> The thing is, I actually got through most of it. I would just like to say that both of these apologies are incredibly bad. Both that he was like, oh, the reason people are upset is because I suggested my fans have HIV rather than the suggestion that HIV is a death sentence and dirty. I just want to double down on the fact that HIV is not a death sentence. Stigma kills. Antiretrovirals are incredible. And then in his second apology, he says... Anybody who done ever been affected by AIDS slash HIV, y'all got the right to be upset. And then follows up with, 
And for any brands, networks, or artists elect to profit off of black rappers' influence on the culture without understanding it or having the patience to deal with what comes with the position we play in our culture, keep your money next time. What does that mean? Unclear. Are the brands and networks and artists reacting? Yeah, brands have dropped him. Boohoo Men has dropped him. Um, everyone, they had a men's line. They do have a men's line. Everyone is just fully kind of um, standing back and saying, you know what? I'm not going to be involved with this. Unfortunately, the final turn of this is that Chris Brown puts out a statement that makes sense. Oh, no. I know. I know. He says, shut the fuck up. Do your shows. Thank everybody. Get off the stage. And I think when Chris Brown starts making sense, we all need to take a step back. And perhaps not. (laughs) That's my final statement. Also, the baby put out a music video recently that mentioned AIDS, so like I really don't know what's going on with him. Canceled. That's really it. That's really the end. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm cutting you off either way. <laughs> Much like the baby should be. All right. Well, I'm out of breath. Kind of have a little bit of a headache from yelling. What have you got for me, Addison? <laughs> Adam Driver is a horse. Oh my god. I don't even know what that means. But um, soon you will. Soon I will. I don't. I think I kind of prefer my current state, but you know what? That's not the point of this show. No, Madison, are you ready? I'm ready to trot, to canter, to do whatever that little horsey dance they do in the oh Olympics. Oh my god, is. that's so fun! Yes, dressage. Yeah, that's how it's pronounced. Yeah. Wow. My whole my whole life, I thought it was dressage. Anyway, well, I'm learning things. Gonna learn some more things. Madison, you have 60 seconds on the clock. Three, two, one. Go. Okay, Adam Driver. Maybe you know him as, like, the boyfriend from Girls or the m- moody guy who's shirtless in Star Wars. Or you know him from Marriage Story where he's like, I wake up every day when I wish that you were dead. Or from that play on Broadway, which I think was mostly just an exercise in showing how large he is by having him stand next to Carrie Russell for two hours. Anyway, he's a large, large, six-foot-two ex-military man. He notoriously hates to listen to the sound of his own voice. Like, just go ask NPR. Um, I don't know what to tell <laughs> you, but he is a horse now. He was always kind of a horse, but, like, now he's actually an immense quadruple. Here's the deal. He's the new face and, frankly, body. We're not in it for the face. Of a Burberry (laughs) fragrance called Hero. The ad in question starts off with a shirtless driver riding a horse down the beach. Pretty standard cologne ad shit. But then, then, he and the horse start swimming around together and they're all, like, intertwined and woo, 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 and move over Daniel Radcliffe and Equus. Yeah, that's the play where Harry Potter fucks a horse. Uh, Driver becomes one with the horse at this point. He becomes the horse, technically. I think he's a centaur because he still has a human upper body. The end of the ad is just, like, this misty shadow of Adam Driver centaur. Anyway, me, the internet we're feeling some kind of weird shit heterosexuality made some points bestiality made some no no you're done you're done you're it's (laughs) over (laughs) no no (laughs) this thing has some real zoolander man energy god i'm sorry i'm still thinking about the fact that you said bestiality made some do you have okay you have one more sentence left to fucking traumatize me (laughs) let's let adam take it oh god burberry hero the new fragrance for men I don't know. I I think I understand why he hates his voice. I kind of do, too. (laughs) And on that note, Rachel's going to ride Adam Driver back to the stables, and that's the show. I will be doing no such thing. Giddy up. (laughs) All right, that's the show. We will be back in your feeds on Wednesday, so definitely subscribe for the premium horse content. Nay! You'll never miss a Madison nay. 
please leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts and tell your friends about us. You can follow us on Twitter at ICYMI underscore pod, which is where you get our premium tweets and also where you can DM us your questions like, what's going on with my TikTok algorithm? Or please stop making surfing sounds on the mic. You can also always drop us a note at ICYMI and Slate.com. Who knows? We might have you on the show. ICYMI is produced by Daniel Schrader. Our supervising producer is Derek John. Forrest Wickman and Allegra Frank are our editors. And Gabe Roth is editorial director of audio. See you online. Or in the barn. Get ready. Set. Go. Now. What the fuck kind of countdown is that? (laughs) Step into the world of power. Loyalty. And luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hi, this is Dahlia Lithwick, host of Slate's legal podcast, Amicus. If you're listening to this show, you might be interested in Amicus's live show that we're hosting in Washington, D.C. on Tuesday, May the 14th. My colleague, Mark Joseph Stern, and I will be talking to some amazing guests, including Sherilyn Eiffel and a sitting state Supreme Court justice. All about how originalism, a relatively recently invented way of interpreting the Constitution, has taken over the Supreme Court and radically reshaped the law. It's been doctrinal rocket fuel for the conservative legal movement and facilitated the rolling back of abortion rights, the expansion of gun rights, and the obliteration of the separation of church and state. And as another wildly consequential Supreme Court term careers to its end, the court's originalists are on a tear. But there's something you can do about it. And we hope you'll join us in D.C. on May 14th to explore the possible pathways out of the current situation. Go to slate.com slash amicus live for tickets.